Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Paul's letter to the Ephesians is what we're looking at uh, during this series of programmes, Colin, and uh, you're drawing on the new translation that's just been published that you've been working on now for many, many months. And uh, we're, we're in chapter two of Ephesians talking about grace, and I suppose this is misunderstood by many, but to Paul it was absolutely central, wasn't it? Yes, but you see, grace, in the biblical understanding of the word, is God enabling us to obey him. It's got nothing to do with uh, living a very um, loose kind of Christianity, disobedient and full of our own self and willfulness. And, you know, there's an attitude that you can come across where some people say, well, it doesn't matter too much if I sin because by his grace God will forgive me. No, by his mercy he'll forgive you. But grace, grace is all that God has supplied to enable us to live lives that glorify him. And that's what you're trying to do in this new translation, isn't it? Just to bring these words alive. Absolutely. Yes, because a lot of the, the new translations, they they um, don't use these technical words like grace. They use favor, for example. Well, grace is favor, but it's a lot more than favor because it's much more than just being having the favor of God. It's having the life and the power of God that enables us to obey. So in, in verse 6, Paul makes the most extraordinary statement. Now he has actually raised us up with Christ and sees us seated with him in heavenly places because he has placed us in Christ Jesus. Now to understand this, we've got to appreciate that God lives in eternity. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He knows the past, the present, the future. And there's a sense, <laughs> if, if we try to describe this in temporal terms, uh, he can see the past, the present, the future all at the same time. So he sees us in the fulfillment of our destiny. Because we're in Christ, he sees us seated in heavenly places. In other words, our citizenship is in heaven that that is where we belong. Yes, we're still on earth. Our resurrection hasn't taken place yet. Christ's resurrection has taken place, and he sees us in him. Now, what does this mean? Well, we, we read earlier that uh, God has placed everything under the feet of Jesus, that he is now Lord over every principality and power of darkness, that everything is subject to him because of who he is. And therefore, if we are in him, God sees us seated in that place of triumph, seated in that place of authority in heavenly places, then we are to have victory over all these powers of darkness here on earth. We are to exercise the authority that he gives us as believers over all the power of the evil one. Now, that means we do not have to be subject to any other spirit except the Holy Spirit. That we do not have to allow any spirit of the enemy, any spirit of deception, uh, any, any other spirit to, to come against us and to have 
any control over our lives whatsoever. We can't, we can't stop these spirits coming against us, but we have the shield of faith with which to counteract everything that they want to do. We have the sword of the spirit to lop their heads off, um, you know, <laughs> which is a nice graphic way of describing <laughs> what you're able to do to demonic powers. Um, and, uh, uh, but you see, it's necessary for us to recognize that our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against people, but it's against the spiritual forces that want to operate through people. And that because we're seated in heavenly places in Christ, we have the power and authority over all these spirits. So Paul says in verse 7, he has done this so that in the future we might demonstrate that the riches of his grace are so immense that nothing can be compared with such riches. And this grace has been shown to us because of his kindness towards us, expressed in all Christ Jesus has done for us. You see, Paul started this chapter, didn't he, or started this, this epistle by saying that uh, God has already blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So there we are, God sees us seated in heavenly places, having all these blessings, all the riches of heaven, all the immense riches of his grace available to us. Now what faith does is draw upon that immense and amazing deposit that God has given us in and through Jesus Christ. Without faith, we won't draw upon those riches and resources. We won't depend upon the grace of God. We will depend upon ourselves and we will try to follow Christ or we will try to live a Christian life or to do whatever God wants us to do in our own strength rather than by dependence upon him. So we have to appreciate the power we have, the authority God's given us, that we are literally living in his victory which is why uh, elsewhere God says to us that he always leads us in his triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. He always leads us in his, his procession of victory because, you see, Jesus doesn't know how to lead a procession of failure. And many Christians sort of perceive of themselves as failure because they have a false perception of themselves. They think of themselves as they used to be, not of who they are now that they're in Christ, now that God sees them seated in heavenly places, now that God has raised them literally above their problems and above their needs so that they can draw upon the riches of his heavenly grace and see God supply for them in every way. My God shall supply every need of yours according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And because we're seated in heavenly places with him, the riches of his glory are ours. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And it's wonderful. And how important it is for us to understand the spiritual dynamic in which we live. Absolutely. Otherwise, you see, if we don't understand the spiritual dynamics, we will try to do it all in our own strength. And the gospel is supernatural. The spirit of God is supernatural. If you're going to please God, you've got to live in the supernatural. You, if, if you take the supernatural out of the New Testament, you've hardly got anything left mm. because the whole thing is, is supernatural. I once saw uh, another speaker at an international conference and he, he, he got a, couple, a copy of the New Testament and he'd cut out all, all the references to the supernatural 
and and in front of everybody, he flicked he flicked through this Bible, and what you saw was one he, he'd left the frame of the page and just taken all the text out where there was reference to the supernatural, and he flicked through this in front of everybody. There was hardly anything left. And he said, this is the trouble for many Christians, that they are trying to serve the Lord in the natural instead of serving him in the supernatural power of his spirit. And Paul Paul understood, well, you, you can never serve God in the natural. You've got to depend upon this immense power that he's made available to us. Uh, by the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You've got to draw upon the riches of his grace. You've got to live in this heavenly inheritance that God sees is already ours because he sees us exalted already in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. So he says in verse 8, you see, it is only because of his grace that you have been saved. All you did was to put your faith in his willingness to be merciful and gracious towards you. So your salvation is not anything you could possibly have worked out for yourselves. It is completely God's gift to you. You can never boast that you achieved acceptance by God through the works you have performed. And you see, the point that Paul is making is this. Well, you know how you got saved. It wasn't through your own works. It was through what Jesus did for you. So now that you are saved, how are you going to live? By your own works? or through the works that Christ did for you. You see, his argument is very simple. If that's how you got saved, then that's how you're to live. If you got saved by trusting solely in what Christ has done for you, then you live as a saved person by trusting solely in what he has done for you. You don't say, well, thank you very much, Lord, all that you did to get me saved. Now I'll trust in myself. Now I'll walk in my own human endeavor. Now I will try to please you. No, no, you got saved by trusting in his grace, by believing what he'd done for you. So that is how you're to live now. It's all very simple as, as Paul's understanding is. So you can never boast that you achieved acceptance by God through the works you have performed. The truth is that we are the work of God's own hands. Now we live in Christ Jesus. We are able to do the good works that are the evidence of our salvation. It is good to know that these are the very works that God planned and prepared for us to accomplish. Now, this is amazing, you see, because God planned your salvation. He called you. He chose you. He has made you his own. He has made you his child. But he's also planned the life and purpose that he has for you. Now, he planned to save you through his grace alone. He planned to save you by you putting your faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you. And his plan is that you will continue to believe and trust in him and what he's done for you so that you can fulfill the things that he has planned and purposed for you. That if you now trust in yourself, you can't do the works of salvation. You can do lots of other works, but you can't do the works that demonstrate your salvation. You can't do those supernatural works that are going to impact other people's lives with the supernatural life and love and power and healing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's very simple. It all began by trusting in his grace. It all began by trusting in his supernatural power. And Paul is saying it has to continue that way because this is God's plan and purpose for your life. So it's, it's no point in getting saved and then abandoning God's purpose. He has saved you to fulfill his purpose. And by that purpose, you trust in him and see how he enables the fulfillment of his will in your life. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 